Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to the Equip You and Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for the show. And today joining me once again is my lovely wife, Sarah. Uh, Sarah, welcome back to the show. Thank you. And today, guys, we're going to – you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, today, guys, we're going to continue our conversation that we were talking about uh, last time that Sarah joined us about uh, – if you haven't listened to that show, we talked about Christian engagement in the public square. And this is part of a broader goal that, that she and I have to talk about issues that are in the public square. And there is uh, something that in the, our schools, whether you're in a public school or a Christian school, uh, the, uh, the biblical worldview is under assault in Christian schools and in public schools. Now, as my lovely wife uh, suggested before we were recorded – and she's right. There's a couple caveats that we want to give you, and it and it's this: first, we are not parents. We do not have the Lord has not blessed us with kids, but we do. We are um, aunts, and uh, uh, Sarah's an aunt, and I'm an uncle of several small uh, children, and we're concerned about that uh, because you know these are our fu- the future generation. They're the ones that are going to, you know, lead our country eventually, and so on and so forth. The second caveat that I want to give is, you probably, if you're a parent, and I and I, we will not be explicit in any way. This is a family friendly program, but some of the content that we're going to talk about today, uh, for the sake of your children, I just want to say a disclaimer, and I'll leave it to a parent to decide. But we are going to be talking about some things today that are actually happening in the schools that kids are being taught. And some of that material, um, again, I'm not going to be we're not going to be R-rated. We're not even we're not even going to rise to PG on this show. But it's important to say when we talk about gender and sexuality on this show, just be mindful that you might not want to have your kids hear some of what is happening. And so with that caveat uh, today we're going to – those two caveats. We're going to talk about uh, something that is getting specific about what is happening in the public square. You know, if you think about it, your kids spend 40 hours a week in school, whether they're homeschooled, whether they're public school, or whether they go to a Christian school. That adds up to about a, uh, 160 hours a week if they're in school you know, uh, for 40 hours a week. That's about 2,400 hours a year in that school. Or if you think about it, broaden that out, it's about 20 over 12 years. It's about 24,000 hours in the classroom. And let that, let that, keep that in the back of your mind. I want you to keep that in the back of your mind as I read this to you. Uh, it's from, uh, if you don't already go to G3 Men's website, they every week they publish this very helpful th- uh, analysis of what's happening in our culture. It's really good. But uh, they, they report this. Uh, Christian school refuses to acknowledge students apart from biological sex. And they start by citing scripture, as we always should. Genesis 5.2 says, male and female, he created them and he blessed them and named them man when they were created. Now, Grace Christian School in Valrico, Florida, reminds parents that students attempting to change their genders would be asked to leave the school immediately. In an email obtained by NBC News, the school affirmed that all students would be named in accordance to their gender on their birth certificates, noting that humans are created immediately as males or females following the teaching in Genesis 1, 26 through 28. And the article continues, therefore, one's biological sex must be affirmed and no attempts to be made 
uh, be made to physically change, alter, disagree with one's biological gender, including but not limited to elective sex reassignment, transvestite, transgender, or non-binary fluid acts of conduct, the email said. Students in school will be referred to by the gender on their birth certificate and be referenced in name in the same fashion. The policy clarification occurs as transgender identity spreads among younger generations via social contagion, as Michael Brown explained earlier on The Daily Wire. One in five members of Generation Z, those born between 1997 and 2003, now identify as LGBTQ, according to Gallup. The school also clarified that engagement in homosexuality, lesbianism, bisexuality, transgender identity, fornication, or pornography would serve as grounds for dismissal. Now, that's, that's really, really shocking information. And just to clarify, here at Servants of Grace, we stand committed, committed to a biblical worldview. And we stand committed to, to the, the complementary uh, nature between the sexes, between a man and a woman. And we stand for what the Bible says about marriage between one man and one woman for life under God, period. And that means that all of those things that I just mentioned that are outside of that definition of marriage between one man and one woman for life, they stand opposed to the biblical worldview. And we need to say that. We need to be very clear about that. But there's also something that, that I wanted to, to bring out, and then Sarah's going to mention something that, that she found. And this is all going to tie in to the larger conversation that we're going to have today. But the, the national education president, Becky Pringle. Now, keep in mind, she, get, she got a rousing ovation at this speech. I mean, a rousing, I mean, we're talking people standing up, they're clapping, they're, they're going crazy. She's given a, a passionate, she clearly believes in this talk what she said to a gathering of teachers and educators. And she said it, she said that one of the things that she said was this in that speech. She said, we will say gay, we will say trans, we will use the words that validate our students and their families, words that encourage them to walk in their authenticity, to love themselves fully, to become who they were meant to be. And she goes on to argue, by the way, about abortion as health care and more. Uh, friends, they're not even they're not even playing pretend anymore here. We're dealing with people who are coming out and they are very clearly stating what their intentions are. Now, keep in mind, though, at Becky Pringle, the National Education Association president says it carries weight with teachers. It goes down, 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 down. It trickles down and it affects what happens in our in our schools. And our kids, and I can tell you this, I used to be a substitute teacher in very, very, and I mean very conservative Idaho of all places, okay? And there was one time where I was working as a paraprofessional substitute teacher, and I was told, this is what, about five, six years ago, Sarah, I think it was? We'll just call Probably it five or six years. Seven. <laughs> seven. Seven years ago now. Okay, mm -hmm. and one day I'm working. I'm working with this this these groups of kids, and the special ed teacher comes to me and says, "We we have this meeting, brief meeting. Uh, so and so is no longer to be called a boy; they want to be a girl." And I was, I was taken aback by that. Here I am. I'm. I'm at this time. I'm serving in our local church and. I'm doing a lot of things. I'm still doing Servants of Grace and all those things, and I definitely wanted to say something. And it was a very challenging situation. But here's the point. This is the reason why we're doing this episode, and Sarah has something else to say as well. Then we'll, we'll get, tie this back in and, and have a larger conversation. But I just want to say this is what hap is happening to teachers all across America, Christian 
the Christian teachers are having to deal with this every day. And they're told just deal with it. Just buckle up and deal with it and don't don't say anything. Sarah, Sarah you, you found another very interesting uh, story um, as you were, uh, you know, as you do when you uh, come across things and you always share. So what, so what was that? Well, I often watch a, uh, a well-known podcaster named JP on his uh, JP Reacts channel. And I know um, he's not, he's not a, I would not say that he's necessarily a Christian, um, but he is definitely somebody that has um, a, a uh, good understanding of the freedoms that we're quickly losing in this country and um, and how it relates to the current indoctrination of um, this and future generations. So he was reporting on his channel uh, that um, another another uh, group called Upward News um, posted a recent post regarding the Portland, Oregon public school system. And I just want to read this part of their of the Upward News' post um, that says, In Portland, Oregon, public schools, sexuality, and exploring the infinite gender spectrum appears in kindergarten. Um, this curriculum was leaked, and it includes radical queer theory, transgenderism, and uh, critical race theory. Um, some of the uh, stuff that they learn in kindergarten, it says the curriculum begins by teaching a graphic anatomy lesson about children's genitalia. The lesson does not include gender specific terms such as boy or girl. It has uh, they have screenshots of this. Uh, um, I think. Did you say we're including that in the show notes today? Yeah, well, the, this will all be what I just read and. Uh, yeah. What you're reading, we'll we'll have a link to it. So if you go to okay. Servants of Grace, uh, you'll be able to find this in the show notes. Right. So in these screenshots, um, it has uh, images. And keep in mind, this is what they're telling kindergartners in school. Okay. I'm not saying this to be in any way vulgar. I'm telling you what they're teaching children in Portland, Oregon. And this in the in these slides, it's, uh, the first one says most bodies have these middle parts, nipples, anus, and it has a picture of where these parts are. Um, it's just a crude drawing. It's not a very detailed graphic drawing. But so in uh, second, first and second grade, uh, students are taught gender identity theory. The curriculum points out that many people think that there are only two genders, boys and girls, and this is not true, according to the slide. Um, it says gender is like outer space because there are many ways to be different as there are stars in the sky. Each person is different, and that is cool. Only you can know what your gender is, even if other people don't understand who you are you are the only person who knows you the best. And then it has another slide here that was taken from their curriculum. It says, when kids are born, people call you a gender, cisgender people, people whose gender is the same as what doctors and adults said they were when they were born based on body parts, shapes, uh, etc. Cisgender people can be boys or girls. So basically grounded in reality. Um, and then it says, but sometimes this isn't true because we can ask, we can't ask babies what their gender is since they can't talk, smiley face. And then there's another section down below that that says transgender people, people whose gender is different than the, than who the doctor and adults thought they were at birth. Transgender people can be boys, girls, non-binary people, or any other gender. The final uh, slide here is, it says, uh, in third through fifth grade, the district begins lessons on the LGBTQ spectrum and activism for the community. The overall system is created by white heterosexuals, which is oppressive, according to the curriculum. And the solution is to take in, 
in part the infinite gender spectrum by promoting queer and trans identities. And it goes on to talk about, uh, you know, gender, how it was supposedly colonized and that type of thing. And it's just a lot of um, uh, really, really horrific uh, stuff here. Um, by the end of fifth grade, there the students are um, taught that they can pause puberty through hormone hormone blockers and surgeries, along with adopting their own pronouns. They're also encouraged. They're also receive a list of six commitments that they're to follow, encouraging them to become political activists for the queer theory and sexual revolution. So I'm, they're literally indoctrinating children at this point, and not just with like hey, you don't have to be a boy or a girl. They're literally teaching them to go out into the world and be activists on their behalf. And this is the type of stuff that is happening in public schools in Oregon and Portland specifically. So if you think that it's safe to let your kids be taught by this system and not say anything to your kids and not have a discussion with your children or grandchildren or whoever you are, um, are helping, you know, navigate through life. If you think that just handing them off to these people and, and giving them the reins to educate the kids in this way won't have a horrific impact on their worldview, on their understanding of, of these things, you are severely misguided. You need to be uh, actively, actively taking the time to sit down with your kids and explain how these things are not biblically correct. Dave? No, I, I, I think that you're absolutely right. You know, uh, I saw this, you know, as I mentioned before you read that, in Idaho, of all places, Idaho, Known to be, you know, you're from there. It's a conservative to the to the backbone, and and I want to. I just wanted to say uh, two quick things, and then we're going to launch into this up and further um, talking about you know the importance of parents raising their children in the fear of having a mission of the Lord and to encourage parents. But I just want to read these two things that I wrote, and I shared these on social media. It had been a couple weeks ago now. Uh, since this has gone up, so uh, and maybe you don't follow me on social media, so you might not have seen this, but I posted this on these two things on social media. One is geared towards Christian parents, and the second is geared towards Christian teachers. Sarah's read both, and she agrees with both. So the first one is Christian parent. Dear Christian parent, your child or children, if you have more than one child, obviously, are a blessing from God. Teach and love them well with the word and the grace of God. Teach them scripture. Whether you have them at a Christian or public school or homeschool, meaning a parent, model biblical love rooted in the word in all of life. So whether you whether you choose to have your kid go in public school or whether you choose to homeschool your kid or whether you choose to send them to Christian school, that's up to you. Okay, but the point here is don't advocate your responsibility to train your child and to raise them up with a biblical worldview. Don't farm them off to youth group. Don't farm them off to daycare. Don't farm them off to public school. And then and then you're like, well, well, why did why why don't they care about my values? They don't know your values. Remember, remember the stat I, I, I said at the beginning of the show. They're there 40 hours a week at whatever school you send them to. 160 hours a week. 2,400 hours a year. 24,000 hours or so uh, uh, in 12 years. That's just first grade through 12th grade. And then you got all the hours after if they go on to college and graduate school and post postgraduate school you're not i'm not even counting those hours and then we wonder why we have an issue with kids they they whether whether you agree with having youth group or not or having them in the service i i that's not even my point okay but my point is how 
are you as a parent? Now, whether you're a parent, you're a grandparent, you're an aunt, you're an uncle, don't get, don't miss the point here. You have a role to play if you're a family member and you have a family member who has children. You have a role to play. And we need to, we have to be so clear about what I just said. I am not saying that, that also that public school is the way to go. I'm not. <laughs> okay. But it also needs to be said some Christian families can't afford to send their kid to Christian school. They can't afford to have somebody stay at home. They can't afford. Uh, you know, to maybe maybe they don't know anybody for homeschooling and so on. And now they have homeschool co-ops and that whole movement is growing. But the point is, is whether whether you engage in public school, whether you send your kid to Christian school, whether you homeschool. Let's let's be clear about something. It does not make that parents bad. It does not make them any more or less a Christian. And if you get up on your high horse to me, I'm going to challenge you. Show me the verse in the Bible that says you can't send your kid ever to public school, that you can't send, that you should send your kid to a Christian school, and that you should homeschool. These are, these are decisions that parents have to make. And I'm not arguing against the parents' responsibility to choose them, but too many of too many parents, Christian parents are legalistic about their understanding of the subject. And legalism is literally adding to the Bible. There is no Bible verse that says this. Okay? Period. If you find one, let me know. Send me an email. Respond to my post. Let me know. Okay? I would love to be corrected on the matter, but there, I've been reading the Bible since I was about five. So for over 35 years, I've read the Bible. Uh, never read that verse. So uh, would love to be educated on that matter. But the point, the larger point that I'm making here is don't advocate your responsibility. Don't ship them off to youth group. Don't send them off to wherever you want to, to, to so that you're not responsible for your kid. God gave you that child. And he gave you a responsibility. So don't advocate your responsibility. Your pastor, your pastor's responsibility, by the way, any church staff, their responsibility is to teach you the word of God, to equip you, to equip you to rightly handle the word of God so that in the home, you're teaching men, you're teaching your wife, you're teaching your children, uh, wives, you're, you're teaching your children good theology grounded in the word of God. But it's not, still not your pastor's responsibility to raise your, your children in the fear and out of mission of the Lord. It's not your pastor's responsibility. It's not your youth pastor's responsibility. It's not anybody else's responsibility to discipline your child when they sin. It is your God-given responsibility. And I'll also say something else, okay? As if that wasn't controversial enough, I know. It is not. It is not. And this, this is where I get, I get a little, to be honest, I get a little hot under the collar on this one. It is not any principal's job. It is not any, any, any school district's responsibility to tell you as the parent then, in light of what I said, it's not their responsibility to tell you what to do with your child, okay? I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there for, I'll let Sarah we can go back and forth on that. But uh, before I say this next thing, a lot of people are uh, confused as to their own role in education. And that problem is, is that so many of the uh, people in secular uh, circles will tell you that you are, you're not qualified. If you're a parent, you're not qualified to teach your children uh 
anything really they'll they'll tell you you're not qualified to teach them general studies you're not qualified to teach them right and wrong uh you're not qualified to even i mean half of the time they'll tell you you're not even qualified to discipline your own children if you if you tell them that uh you know it's against your religious beliefs to do this or that or if you say you know i don't agree with this policy with uh, transgender um thing that, that a lot of the school districts are trying to force down the throat of, of conservative and Christian parents, where they're basically saying, like, if your kid comes in and says, I want to be called uh, Susie instead of Tommy today, um, we're going to have to do that because we we are, you know, affirming in some way. Uh, it It's your responsibility as the parent or grandparent or caretaker of any kind uh, if, if you are having any kind of role in this child's life, children's life, um, lives, you cannot ab- abdicate that role and you cannot uh, say that you're not qualified because you are their parent or guardian or, you know, uh, whether you're adoptive, whether you're a temporary guardian, where, whether you're, a, you know, a stand-in parent for an absentee mother or father, whatever your role is. You have the, um, the not only the ability but the re, the requirement biblically to to uh, make sure that you're teaching them um, not just biblical principles and how to read and study scripture, but how to live according to those things and how to be a uh, you know a true Christian witness and how to uh, you know stand up for their beliefs because they're never going. This is not going to let up. This is not going away. If you think for one minute that, you know, oh, it's just a trend, you know, uh, eventually, you know, all these trans things are going to go away or whatever. No, no, it's never going to go away because (laughs) Satan and his minions is never going to let up until the day that he is banished forever. And and then, you know, we're in a new heaven and new earth, that type of thing. So. It's not, you know, evil, evil continues to grasp further and further. And the more that parents and other guardians um, abdicate their role as, uh, you know, as taking on these uh, responsibilities with their children, the more uh, people that don't have their kids' best interest at heart will take over. I mean, you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. So, you know. Be beware, be knowledgeable, be understanding of what what is happening here, and um, don't let it just pass you by. Your kids are your responsibility, or you know whether you're uh, their parents directly, or you have some other kind of influence in their lives. It's it's important for you to understand what's going on, and also be um, ready to fight back. And you know, Dave mentioned, you know, don't just hand them off to youth group. He's absolutely right. You can't expect, I mean, this is not just happening in public school. Okay. This is not, you think, uh, okay, they're safe to go to church and, you know, as long as they're in youth group, they'll be fine. Or if they're going to a Christian school or a Christian college, they'll be fine. Unfortunately, This type of stuff, uh, you know, um, transgenderism, homosexuality, uh, any number of um, uh, corrupt, um, you know, sinful practices and and thoughts and ideologies are, they're ubiquitous. They're not just public school. They're not just secular areas of life. You have to be uh, aware of the fact that, you know, so-called Christian... um, Schools starting at at kindergarten levels are still allowing this type of thing to be entrenched in the education system, in their in their doctrine, in their, you know, um, what they're teaching the kids. So, no, it's you can't just hands off. You can't just be like, okay, you know, here they are, you know, go on to school a little bit, Bobby or Susie, whatever. You can't have a hands off approach. Um, This requires you intervening every step of the way and you know um unfortunately i hate to say it but youth group leaders yeah no that there's a very high unbiblical um 
Yeah, uh, it, the biblical illiteracy of of a lot of youth group leaders and and kid children's uh, workers in the church is unfortunate. So. Yeah, that that's good, and you know that that's a good that's good, uh, really good stuff there. Um, the only thing the the thing I want to talk about here is some encouragement for you as a parent. You know, be involved. Know you know, what your church teaches about these things. If they don't have position papers and statements on their website, ask why, you know. Uh, if they don't have it in their the constitution of the church, ask why. Do you believe that marriage is only between one man and one woman, and do you reject then all the other things, you know, cohabitation and homosexuality, transgenderism, polygamy, etc., and so on. If if you're a pastor and you don't already have that, I would say uh, get, you're behind the eight ball here because people are, can come to your church and they can say, hey, you don't have it in your – do you have this in your constitution? Okay, you don't? You got you to gotta marry me, and they can sue you. The only legal grounds that you have to stand up and say no is if it's in your constitution, if it is explicitly clear. So that that's one thing I would say. But the second the, – the larger thing to the point that we're talking about here today is is this, is if you're, you're a Christian parent, be involved in the education of your child. Be reading to them the word of God. Find excellent uh, children's books. You know, we're, we're involved in that. Um, we, we, I get, since I, I do so many interviews, I, I already know what's going to be published uh, before it's published and so on and so forth. So I'll get, you know, Christian books and I give them to my, to my nephews and my nieces. And, you know, Sarah sc often screens them if there's ever any sort of questions, you know. Both Sarah and myself and, um, you know, uh, um, Sarah's – one of Sarah's sisters would sit down with, you know, them and uh, our, our nephew who, who lives in the general – they live in the general area where we do here in southern Oregon. We would sit and we would have a conversation with him about it so that he understood what the Bible actually teaches. And this is even a good thing because just because you're giving them good Christian literature, you want them to, to be able to think God gave us a brain. Uh, he commands us to use it uh, to love him. You know, the part of the great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your mind. And so even a part of a good education is learning to use your rational faculties and learning how to, uh, to re reject what is – you know, to accept what is good and right. And, you know, from God and in his word and to reject what is what is bad. You know, that's why Paul, Paul and to the Thessalonians in first Thessalonians uh, five twenty one, he commands us to test all things and to hold fast to what is good. Test all things as a parent through the scriptures, by the word of God, through sound orthodox theology. Uh, teach your kids to, to think rightly according to the scriptures. Uh, encourage them. Get them a get them a good children's Bible. Uh, get them good Christian books. Ask them what they're learning in you know children's church and you know if your church has a youth group um, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. Uh, be the point is be proactive in the education of your child. And I would say if you're involved, I would say something because I know that a lot a lot of you are against public education, but. You know what? You need to understand that your brother or sister, they may not be able to afford to send their child to that. And and we have to be gracious and we have to not look down our noses because you know what that, that does is it really lacks love and it makes people not want to be part of our church, our local churches. And we're supposed – we're actually commanded by God to one another each other. Because of the grace that we've received and the love, and there is nothing more unloving than a Christian who looks down their nose and says, you know what? You're not doing what you can. Do you know what they're doing? Uh, have you even asked? Have you even uh, – I, I just have to wonder. You know, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I, I almost went to a Christian school in high school. 
Um, I was heavily involved in youth group, my youth group. And I buy heavily. I mean, I went to all the events. I went to all the activities. I went to all the missions trips. I saw what the Christian school, the Christian school thing did. They all had their own clique. They all, they all hung out with each other. They all did whatever they, they did. And we went to, I was, I went to a church where they preached expository messages and taught the kids systematic theology. And there were still kids at the end of the day who went to the Christian school who ended up not coming back to the church after they graduated. And they went to, they went to whatever school and they came back and they had started having questions because they didn't know what they believe and why it mattered. Okay, so sending your kid to a Christian school, the point is, isn't going to make them mean that they'll ultimately end up as a Christian mature adult. It means, yes, they're going to get taught the Bible. Yes, the Holy Spirit can use that, that teaching. Yes, is that probably the best thing? Yes, is homeschool and where you can supervise and provide education for your child. Yes, is that great? Yes, okay, yes. But that doesn't make the parent who can't do that because they have to work nine to five and 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 so they send their kid. That doesn't make them any less Christian. And and I think we just have to, to say that. But but yeah. the point the point is be intentional no matter what you're doing, whatever whatever you're whether you're sending to public or Christian or homeschool, be intentional to teach them the Bible, expose them to the Bible, be in a church where where they're getting fed and taught the word of God verse by verse, line by line. They're getting taught good theology and teach them that theology that you're learning or discovering or, you know, whatever, you know, uh, give them good books and so on. Teach them to be discerning. Teach them about how about the biblical worldview. Teach them about biblical marriage. Teach them about biblical sexuality. Teach them about ethics and all all from a world biblical worldview. And even as a church member, come alongside parents, Mm -hmm. come alongside parents, uh, use whatever voice, you know, you might not have a large podcast. You might not have an audience, but that doesn't mean that you can't have a positive impact. That's why Titus two is so important here to add to this is because older women, young with younger women, older men with younger men and so on and so forth. Uh, the generations matter to God. Uh, your child, a dear Christian parent, matters to God. But it's not just we, – we, 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 our time is unfortunately slipping away. Um, so we, I wanted to, us to give some encouragement also to Christian teachers who are you – know, you're on the front lines. You're you know, facing the very real battle. And so I just want to read this, and then I'm going to give it this to Sarah here. I just want to say Sarah and I both – were substitute teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a substitute teacher much longer, much farther away than I was. Uh, I'm closer to that now, uh, seven years. I think you're like a decade away or more. But yeah. I just want to say this. Dear Christian teacher, whether you're in the public school or whether you're, whether you're in a Christian school, you are needed. Thank you. And you're appreciated, whether you teach in a public or a Christian school. I just want to encourage you, focus on loving your students well in your growth in grace in the word and in your local church. That, that's going to give you a support that you can't even put money on. Yeah. Serve your students with excellence in the craft of teaching the next generation, you may not be able to teach them the Bible if you're in a public school, but you can sure be that light that Jesus talks about in Matthew 5, 10 through 12. You can be that salt in a, in a place where ungodliness is being promoted. You can be a light for Christ, and you can share Christ with your fellow teachers. They can see uh, a difference in you. The parents will see, hey, this teacher really goes above and beyond any other teacher I've ever seen. They accept, why? Why? This is where First Peter 3.15 is so applicable. Always be ready to give an answer for the reason for the hope that you have and do it with gentleness and respect. So, mm-hmm. so that is just some encouragement 
that I want to give to a Christian teacher in a public school or a Christian school. What do you, what do you have to say, sir? You know, you're absolutely right that our Christian educators out there, it's your time to shine because uh, the more that this world is going the way of the uh, evil uh, influences in this culture are dragging it down, the more uh, we're going to be needing people like you, uh, you know, Christian educators like you out there. Um, on the front lines. And you're the people that are going to have to make a difference, whether or not you can be openly honest about the what the Bible says, or whether you have to, you know, um, say it without saying it, basically. Um, you, you're definitely needed, you're definitely important. And um, we are really just asking you to be as biblically knowledgeable and fully aware of what scriptures teach on these subjects, because, you know, a lot of parents are absentee or, um, you know, handing off the reins to, to teachers and they're abdicating their place as educators in their children's lives. And if, um, if we didn't have Christian educators out there that were willing to stand biblically on the truth, then these kids, I mean, so many of them would just be absorbed into the uh, radical, sick culture around them. And I wanted to mention as one final thing here, um, even if you have your kids in a Christian school, they're going to a Christian youth group, they're reading the Bible, you're teaching the Bible at home, even if all these things are happening, there are still other influences out there on these kids. And I want you parents I'm, and, and guardians, I'm talking to you specifically, you need to be regulating your children's online use of, of computers, uh, phones, whatever other mediums they're using to connect to um you know, things like social media and TikTok, because these 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 are places where these influencers, these, um, you know, like transgender influencers and other, you know, um, socialist influencers and uh, people like that are really getting a hold of kids' minds and warping them. You know, it's just, it's so awful there. We have an article that we were going to talk about today from the federalist.com that talks about how uh, transgender influencers thrive on social media apps like TikTok. Now, a lot of people probably already know that TikTok is full of Chinese spyware um, because it was basically Chinese manufactured. Um, so if that's not a if that's not a reason to get rid of TikTok, I don't know what is. But the other reason, and a specific to this episode, is that there are a lot of sick and disturbing things on TikTok, and things that are labeled for kids. Like they're not even generic stuff for adults. We're talking like geared specifically to children. And um, so if you're a parent, if you're a teacher, if you're a guardian, somebody that's involved in a child's life, please take the time to look at their phones. Take the time to be uh, knowledgeable about what they're seeing online and, uh, and you know, TV, movies, you know, the, these are things that you have to consider. And I know that time is running out for this episode, but um, – you know, just be aware of what they're seeing, be aware of what they're hearing. Their friends are seeing these things and they're influencing them. So, you know, uh, be in prayer for them. I mean, it's it's vitally important that uh, you're, you're covering your children in prayer uh, or your grandchildren or whoever it is that you're, um, you know, being faithful to the word and uh, that you're teaching them the seriousness of it and that you're, you're really instilling in their mind and in their heart uh, as much as possible that this is a, this is about real, you know, uh, salvation. It's, it's their souls on the line and it's not a throwaway thing, like something that they can, you know, grow out of at some point, you know, I'm out of the house now I can, 
stop caring about this Bible thing. I can stop going to church because it's not important. No, it's, it's a lifelong thing. And, you know, Jesus matters. And this is, this is so imperative for you to understand, not just as a parent, but, you know, anybody that's influencing kids. So. Yeah, no, that's, that's really, really good. And that's, and that's part of what we're talking about here. Be intentional as a Christian parent, you know, whether you're married or you're, you know, single, be intentional and don't be afraid to seek out the help of your local church. Uh, that's what it's there for. That's why you should go to a biblically minded and biblically rooted and biblical practicing church that preaches, you know, expository sermons, verse by verse sermons and is grounded in the word. And that shapes the life of the church where people are growing together, learning to and discovering how to grow in relationship with one another to speak the truth in love. And that that is that will provide a support for you. You know, if you don't have that, you know, re do as we said before, do reach out and let us help you find a church that, you know, is biblically minded and biblically rooted because your your children need that and you need that. You need that love and that care and support and guidance and help of other people uh, older than you who have been there and done that. And we're facing challenges on every front. And we need to understand that the word of God has answers. The Bible is explicitly clear that children are a blessing from the Lord. Uh, they are a gift from God. And, but, but they're also with that as a responsibility to teach them and to train them in the ways of God, in the word of God. And so that's that's really what we're saying. So whether you send them to public or private or a Christian school or you decide to homeschool them, great, fantastic. But above all things, make sure you're mindful of your responsibilities mm -hmm. and utilize those responsibilities well for God's glory and you know, for the good of your child, because you're going to give an answer to God uh, for how you parented. And and I want to say something to men here as we wrap up, and then I'll say something to wives. As a man, lead your family in family worship. Uh, what that means is open the Bible. Talk about the Bible. Uh, re be reading the Bible yourself. Talk about theological topics. Talk about these kind of topics with the Bible in mind. These are conversations that Sarah and I have all the time. We're always talking about these things from the and bringing the Bible to bear on them. You're just starting to hear those conversations. Uh, and and larger lead men lead your wife in understanding how doctrine not only what that biblical doctrine is, but then. How does that connect with her life? How does that connect with your life? Because this is going to help your marriage. It's going to help it grow healthily and strong in the in the in the in the revelation of God's word. And so that's what I want to say. So, and wives, you know, I know Sarah will have some thoughts on this, but as your as your husband does this, honor him. Don't critique – you might have some critique, but do that critique privately. You both got to learn to speak the truth and love to each other, and so that, that's that part. But you also have to be so careful to make sure, especially as you're doing this, if you have children, that the ch child understands the purpose of it and that you are united in this. And so – you know, most of the time, probably for most Christian couples, they're going to have the wife be at home to raise the child. And so it's going to be the wife, you know, teaching and those kind of things. I have lots of friends who are in sisters in Christ who are doing that very thing. who are involved in homeschool and homeschool co-ops and praise God for that. And they're spending the time and taking their time and dedicating their lives to pouring out into their children and so I just want to say to that, praise God for that. You know, that's not everybody's reality. That's a gift that that God gives, but it's an honorable gift. Mm -hmm. And if that's you, give your life and to joyfully serving your family 
and teach your kids or kid the word of God and good theology. Guard where, where and whatever wherever you're at on that on this spectrum. Guard your kids' hearts and their minds with the word of God and teach them and train them up in the way in which they should go. And the Holy Spirit will use the word. Because Isaiah 55, 10 says, one last thought, it will not return without void. The Holy Spirit will use the word of God. And we're guaranteed that. So be encouraged today. Uh, I know that there's a lot of there's a lot that can be said, can be said. But we wanted to give some encouragement as well as say these are things that are happening. But be encouraged. You know what? The word of God is still true. It's still sufficient. And it's still binding on our lives. So any last thoughts, sir? Um, just one that, uh, you know, if if your roles are reversed at home and you're a stay-at-home dad and your wife is the one that goes to work, um, we're, I, I just wanted to call out, hey, same thing goes for you guys. Uh, if, if, if your role is educating your kids, um, if you're a stay-at-home dad and you are also a homeschool dad or something like that, or maybe your kids aren't ready for school yet and you haven't decided where you're going to send them or whatever that decision is, um, this is also for you. And, yeah, we need to be um, making sure that um, – you know, you're you're taking the time to pray up and be in the word on your own, but also being uh, intentional in guiding your kids in that way, just like a just like a stay at home mom would be. Um, a lot of times, you know, it's like Dave said, uh, there's there's uh, various spectrums of of parenting, you know, single parenting, uh, co-parenting, um, you know, whether uh, and you know, live your life according to to how uh, God says that you should live it. Live your life biblically, because more than anything, your example is what is going to influence your kids. And I know that there's a lot of uh, people out there that, that can't be around them, you know, 12, 15 hours a day. But f- take every moment that you can, because your influence on their lives, you've got maybe 18 to t- 22 years, really, to really firm that up. And then after that, they're, they're their own people. I mean, maybe even before that for some of them. So use your time wisely, use it to the best of your ability and be biblical about that. So that's my last thought for this. (laughs) That's a, that's a really good thought. And we hope that this episode has been helpful to you. That's our aim is to ground you in the word of God. And in the grace of God revealed in the word of God. So we want to thank you for listening or watching this episode of the Equipping and Grace podcast. And until next Monday and Wednesday, may God bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter, at Servants of Grace, on Instagram, at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.